Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. Holy shit, it's been two and a bit weeks. Um, and my name is still Dan. Um, and with me, as usual, uh, although I guess we're on technically kind of a delay, is my dear friend Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Dan. I'm fine. How are you? I, well, look, it's been like, okay, I've, I kind of feel like we owe people an explanation because it kind of just got a little bit screwy in the last two weeks. So, first of all, um, I know we put a post up on the website, but last week, basically, um, this is like, I hope you're recording at home, kids, or you've already backed this file up or whatever the hell, because this is basically the only time I'll ever say it. Dan fucked up. Um, because Sarah and I were talking earlier in the week and I was like, so, um, you know, Sarah's like, should we do our end of season show? And I was like, nah, there's been lots of news and stuff going on. We'll just do a normal show. We'll do the end of year show next week. And so then we rocked up to record and I'd gone away and done all sorts of prep on the end of season <laughs> and completely forgotten the, the glib and offhand manner in which I was insistent that there was heaps of stuff to talk about and was completely unprepared. And um, and so we kind of just stumbled a little bit there. And then this week, Sarah, in a fit of rage-fueled jealousy, I think is the only way to, to state it, after my kerfuffle of the previous week, was determined to steal back some of the spotlight. And so she actually threw her computer out of a third-story window in front of a lorry and then took the parts and ran down to the canal and threw them in and then called Apple support to come fix it for her. None of that's true. But we're here, we're here, we're here with a big end of year season show. And in true Sarah and Dan style, we haven't planned this. We haven't checked what the other one's got on the list. We've got lists. I've got a list. This is my list. Yes, every, every, everyone can see your list, Sarah. I was, I was waggling it. <laughs> Waving it at the it. camera. Yes, yes. Listen, you can For hear For all it. we know, that was a packet of crisps. It's <laughs> list. Such a bastard. I love it. Where's your list, Daniel? Um, In my heart and in the, the hearts of children all around the world. So what you're saying is, although you claim that we didn't cast last week because you were prepared, you didn't actually make a list. I might have used my list to um, as a napkin during the week. Can't imagine you using a napkin. Anyway, anyway. Well, when I say napkin, I mean, you know, to soak up the bit of coffee that I spilt on my desk. Coffee? Nah, beer. Exactly. So, hello, <laughs> it's the end of your show, the end of 2013 road season, although the track season and the cyclocross season are going on right now, and I'm so, so happy. Um, so, where should we start, Daniel? Do you well, want to go first? Do you, I, want to show, do you want to go first, or shall I go first? Um, oh, Jesus, it sounds like you want to go first, doesn't it? I'll, I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Um, so, thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll catch up with you all again. <laughs> Have, oh, a, have a merry and safe Christmas. Happy New Year to all. We'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Spring Classics will be here in no time. Woohoo! <laughs> What's on your list, Dan? Oh, all sorts of shit. Um, hey, how about how about we start with... All right. My my standout, like, absolute favourite results of the year. So, favorite, my favourite race results. 
Okay, okay. Race results. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, they're tied to, for me, they're tied to a specific rider. So they're special results to me just because I thought they were awesome results for this particular rider. Did you have this particular rider on your um, virtual director sportif team? Ah, yes. Yes, I happen to do that. Yes. Okay, I bet I know who it is. Go for it. Hit me. Oh, really? Do you? Do you want to guess? Should we do that? Yeah. I think your first highlight of the year is Emma Johansson. Incorrect! And in your face! Oh, really? Marianne de Vries, 8th at the Ronde Landretta and 14th at Alfredo Binder. Special results because Marianne's awesome and she writes like the is best awesome. blogs ever. And it was really, really cool because last year was. Um, a bit of a tougher year for her. And, yeah, this year she really hit her straps and um, and was was um, pulling out some great performances, uh, particularly earlier in the season. Um, and in, uh, in Flanders she was actually, you know, up the front and then just had one of those sort of unfortunate moments and wrote a hilarious blog about how she got caught behind someone else who crashed and then she missed the gap and it was kind of all over which is what happens at those races. So, yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you read her blog this week about the kind of things men send her by email? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, my God. That sounds awesome. I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah, it sounds like a blog written about you, Daniel. I don't send Marianne DeVries emails, no matter what she says. Have you... You're not the person who asks for a used skin suit. <laughs> no. I'm really. Someone did that. Holy. Yes. Fuck. Someone does that. Someone does that all the time. Is she saying? <laughs> is she saying that? She's saying in her blog that because she turns up on TV every now and again, people like send her these emails and some quite graphic emails. But she's always like she said in the blog. I don't. I'm always confused as to what they expect to happen. Do they expect her to reply of "Come on over right now, big boy. I'm here in my negligee." <laughs> to women cyclists quite a lot (laughs) (laughs) oh this is awesome (laughs) well I'll put a link to that on our blog prowomencycling.com I haven't broken you like this for a really long time no this is pretty awesome sorry because you left out what I thought was the best bit um you know, the 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 guy who wrote, I think you were a nice girl, can I show you my stamp collection? By the way, I only know you from TV. Talk, talk about a merging of technologies. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like quite a good internet dating comment. I don't know. I think it involves all sorts of, like, crazy um, innuendo, you know, I like to lick things. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't even get it out. That's terrible. Oh, oh. holy shit. Wow. So, yeah, Marine, Marine, and you know where Marine's riding next year, don't you? It was out, news was out last week. Uh, yes, yes, she's moved. Oh, sorry, I've completely forgotten which team it is, though. Fuck, she's going to, tell me. to Argos Shimano. That's right, yes, yes. And they have really nice social media presence, so it'll be really fun to see Marine there. And yeah, it's, mm. it was interesting because I don't think she was madly happy at our drink on team.nl. I kind of get the sense. Yeah, no, well, there were, there were a couple of subtle hints, you know, like the blog, 
like the blog <laughs> about how her DS basically hated her and um, and swore that he would do his best to make sure she never appeared in a race ever again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, subtle hints like that. Subtle, little subtle ones. Yeah. 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 Wow. Hmm. Um, mm. So um, that was your number one. Oh, right. So now, which riders? Which I oh, I should really do something like that myself. Oh, oh, oh. Well, that was your rider. You were super happy with, yeah. Super happy with France. My one was Ashley Mulman. Oh, another great breakout sort of uh, performances over the course of the yeah. season. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately for Ash, it, you know, it had a bit of a, a I, what do you call it? A bump towards the accident. Yeah. Yeah. Broken, broken road hand. furniture towards the end. An incident, a, a something. Yeah. Well, a, Ashley, yeah. um, it's not so much. I mean, I don't think it's a breakout season so much. I think it's like it's a, a solid. It's a solid improvement, upward trajectory. Um, Ash, she's lovely. She's so sweet and lovely. She's just positive and happy. She's a South African rider who rides for lotto and when she first turned up in europe a couple of years ago she had this amazing website femvelo where she was basically running around going oh my god i'm riding next to mariana voss mariana voss is so brilliant i'm so happy <laughs> and she has she has various acts she's had various accidents over the course of her career and she's just super happy and lovely but this year the, the three um the three things i the, well no there are four results i particularly liked about her um one i liked her getting on the podium of that lc jacobs stage in a sprint mm. i think she was second or third behind georgia bronzini in a sprint and oh my god that's brilliant she won the bowls rental lady um bowls rental holland hills classic um yeah. this is a the race that basically it changes its name five times every year but it's five times over the cowberg mm. and then she was third at the flesh full on which made her the first south african and the first african rider to be on the world cup peloton and ash is a very very proud south african and you know very very proud of representing south african cycling and promoting african cycling as a whole yep. and then she was on the podium she was I think she was third in stage four of the Giro Rosa, the biggest women's stage race of the year. And again, first African, first South African on the podium. So she was a bit disappointed. I can't remember where she came in the Giro. I think she came fourth or fifth um, overall. Was it? Okay. I actually thought it was a little bit lower, but I'll take your word for it. Um, and she, oh, yes, no, maybe it was sixth. Um, but she, and she was a bit disappointed in this because she wanted to do better. And But... Every year she's got better and better and better. Last year she was, um, I think last year she was ninth or tenth or something. And yeah, so hooray for Ash. Really happy. So you heard it here first, folks. Sarah's predicting that Ash will win the Giro Donna next year. I did work it out that she'd got better by a certain number of places. I don't think it's next year she's due to win. I think oh, it's, it's 2015, 2015, is it? Okay. Yeah, right. I think so. Right. I think bold, so. But yeah. bold predictions from Connolly. Woo! Yeah, I mean, you should all follow Ash. If you're not already, she's um, Ash, Ashley Mulman, um, Ashley Mulman Pacio, I should say. And her, um, oh, I can never remember if her Twitter's Ashley Cycles or Ashley Cycling. But we'll put it on our blog, prowomencycling.com. Cool. Yeah, so I think I think we're off to a pretty good start. Like, heaps of really weird sexual innuendo and good choices by us both. So, 
I we feel, are, we I feel are, like we're getting into the swing of <laughs> a recap of the season, um, <laughs> which kind of leads me into my second highlight, which is it's a little bit more personal because this is kind of my this is my favorite moment of our podcasts over the oh. course of this season. So this is my this is my favorite memory of a moment that you and I have had while we've been talking throughout the season of all sorts of crazy, stupid, hilarious, retarded, nutty, awesome, wonderful, horrific, terrifying, infuriating things. Oh, good God, I'm terrified. What is it? <laughs> Remember when we were in the middle of the Energy Walk tour and we lost our shit for like five minutes and couldn't breathe <laughs> and couldn't talk because we were just picturing <laughs> either of the Schlepp brothers trying to cope with the roads and the canals <laughs> the wind <laughs> and, and they just go in the canal <laughs> dear listener if you weren't listening to us around the time of the energy water the energy water is very very dutch very very flat very very windy and on one stage and and we were having quite a nice time imagining frank schlepp riding in the energy water because it's flat sprinty the thing you need most is tactical skills pack skills and peloton skills and then they had a stage where a couple of riders ended up falling in the canals (laughs) it's just it's the perfect schlepp stage the only thing that would make it better was if there was a downhill side of the aisle. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, Dan is in yeah. love with this idea. And we want to call it, we, we basically want Frank, the Frank and Andy Schleck memorial stage of the Energy Water next year. Or, or, or maybe, the, maybe the Frank and Andy Schleck recovery net. <laughs> you, know how, you know how for trapeze artists they put a net out? <laughs> put one across the canal to catch any wayward riders. I love the photos of riders in canals. It's a terrible, terrible, childish thing, but the idea of kind of whizzing around and accidentally ending up in a canal is, is just always going to be comedy goals to me. And they've literally got a rider sitting in a canal, like with her bike next to her, just like looking grumpy. And it didn't just happen once. Um, the Energy Walk Tour, if you don't know this tour, it's a lovely spring tour. It's basically. Um, all around um, the Groningen province of the Netherlands, up in the north. And it has one of the best social medias going. They, it's all run by volunteers, as most of the women's... Well, I think all of the women's races are, pretty much, run by volunteers. And they have amazing social media. They celebrate everyone, everyone. You just, you're always part of the race. They just, you know, you, you send in your tweets. They tweet back to you. They, they tweet people's people's own photos and kelvin and tegan were there weren't they yeah yeah they were and um despite the fact that i hate them completely and am so utterly jealous of them they're really nice people and um and kind of really great and actually as of right now uh they're at the tour of the goldfields which is the last um uh race um on the the australian season oh is tegan riding um, uh, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure if Tegan's riding, but um, Kelvin is DSing for Boss Cycling. 
Oh my goodness. So, well, Kelvin is crazy cycle fan on Twitter. Tegan is Tegan Cox. If you ever want to know anything about what it's like keeping wild native Australian animals in your apartment or Sydney, um, hit them up with a message. They're lovely. They're brilliant. And yes, I was super happy for them. Um, so that's your personal thing. Well, well <laughs> you know what my personal highlight is, don't you, Daniel? Well, um, is it the mental image of Frank Schleck sitting Sorry, I'm still... It just... It doesn't even matter. It could be a photo of a different writer sitting in the canal and mentally I just put the image of sad Frank's face. <laughs> it feels like it should be a cycling meme, sad Frank. Sad Frank in the canal. Yeah. Mm. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, so you're going to have to break me out of it. Come on, lay it on me. What was... What was your... Oh, oh, well, do you think jealousy will break you out of it? Oh, shit. Maybe. Hang on. Just, uh, I'm going to have to take a big slug of my beer. Just one second. Oh, shit. I'm going to need to get another beer. (laughs) (laughs) You can't have another beer already. We've only just started. I'm rationing you. Oh, Um, goddammit. Okay, well... You know, you, you know one of my favourite moments. I'm ready for the jealousy. Let's do this. <sighs> I went to Flesh Valon with high-tech and stood on the top of the murder Hui and hung around with a high-tech team before and after the race. And, and, and Mariana Voss said hello to me and the sun was shining. And <laughs> I, and I was I saw the Flesh Valon from the team Yeah, car. now we, now we all know, we all know that you're car. lying, Sarah. We all know that you're lying. The sun was not shining. We remember what spring was like this year. <laughs> well, Dan, just, just just remember what the flesh will on look the women's flesh will on look like on your TV. Oh, and no, you'll know you the did not. Right. Oh, you did not go there. <laughs> Fuck. Actually, in a perverse segue, that was actually the next item on my list because it's oh, really? it's well, it's not race of the year, but it's race I've given most attention to this year. <laughs> yes, because fuck you, flesh will on. Like really, Why does that... like really. Do you want? Do you want to explain to any new listener, hello new listener, why Dan is saying fuck you, flesh will on? Um, well, okay. One of the great challenges, one of the great challenges, dear listener, uh, new friend and new lifelong fan of women's cycling, in presenting women's cycling to the world is getting televised uh, footage of races. Now, there are a few key races in the course of the season that benefit from organization that overlaps with the professional men's races. Um, races like, for example, Flesh for One, where they not only have the infrastructure standing by, but by the nature of the course, they actually have fixed cameras on the Murder Hui, which is the massively important climb that leads up to the finish line of the race. And because there's a couple of laps and they go over it a few times, if there's no other footage of the race. You can basically be guaranteed because all they have to do is turn on the camera. That's Which they used to do. And they pointed used to do this. right there, you can see at least some of the, and arguably most important part of the race. <laughs> the finish. <laughs> Unless it was this year. Arguably the most important part of the flesh were on. Unless it was this year. When they decided, for some fucking unbelievable reason, to instead show 
the webcam that was in the commentator's booth that had a picture of the commentator literally sticking his head out the window to see what the fuck is going on and not even commentating what was happening. Fuck you, Flesh Malone. See, I was by the side of the road. And there, were giant there were giant screens showing what was happening at the end of the flesh on, and it was super exciting because it always is. And oh, I don't care about your to... rules. I don't care about your rules. I'm going to get another beer. It's a pout beer, and I've earned it. To add insult to injury, the men at the same time, the reason why this should be shown is that at the same time as the women are riding up the flesh on, both in the middle of the race and at the end of the race, the men are around the back of the circuit and they used to show this, they used to cut to it because let's face it, anyone would want to watch anyone go up the murder wheel, pack us Cub Scouts, grannies, um, hipsters on their fixies, I will watch anyone race up the murder wheel, it's, do you know how steep it is, it's so so, 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 so steep in real life. And it's beautiful. And it's surrounded by happy, happy people cheering. And it's so narrow. When you go up in a team car, you feel like if you put your hand out of the window on either side, you just get, you, there's people cheering and it's happy and it's beautiful. It's a wonderful, wonderful race. And yes. Um, yeah, well, yes. if you're there, but, you know, if you're on the other side of the world doing your best to support the goddamn race and just trying to get any sort of footage from the fucking fixed camera that's right the fuck there... My favourite, my, my, my worst favourite part of it was when apparently they then started cutting to split screen to the men's race of the t- oh. breakaway that's going to be caught and in I front swear, of the peloton. It, it honestly was one of those moments where if I had been within a physical proximity of whoever was responsible for these decisions, I would have had to literally be held back. And, you know, I, I'm not naturally, I, you know, I might say stupid things every now and then. I'm not naturally. <laughs> I'm not naturally a violent guy, but I would have been throwing chairs and yelling and swearing and all sorts of. Oh, I was so upset that night. Oh, I was very, very unhappy. But it was such a good race, and I went with high tech, and they are so friendly. They're mm. so friendly and lovely. And I particularly wanted to mention Elisa Longo Borghini because it's my turn again. Um, Elisa, Elisa came second in the flesh wall on, and she is so friendly and so nice, and just such a nice rider. But one of my other fa- highlights was the Trofeo Alfredo Binder World Cup. Yeah, yeah, that was a. Uh... I mean, that was that was an epic race anyway. I mean, um, again, for those who may not have been following at the start of the year, spring this year was one of those sort of abnormal springs where it wasn't spring at all. It was just winter with slightly more sun. Yes. Well, yes, I think, no, well, actually, I'd argue that there was more sun on some winter days because, you know, the, the hail and the sleet and the rain. Mm-hmm. Well, true, mm. true. And, you know, as in, we were getting stories from uh, from races with riders of, you know, going to hospital to have their frozen eyeballs treated. And no, that's that's not a Halloween cocktail, you know, accompaniment. That's that like, an eyeball in someone's head frozen. I could not believe... I'd never heard of frozen eyeballs before. Mm. It didn't sound very nice. No, no, it doesn't sound like the most pleasant thing in the world. Um, so, <clears throat> so Binda is normally sort of one of those races that comes later in the spring and is, is almost a, you well, know... not later, it's, it's March. Well, you know, that's, the, that's towards the end of spring, isn't it? 
No, May's the end of spring. Really? I thought in, the, yes. in Europe you guys did like spring for about three weeks and then it was summer for like a month and then it's just back to winter. Isn't that how it works up there? Uh, no. Really? Okay. Okay, well, you're the local area expert. I defer to you. What, spring's like four weeks? Well, technically, spring. That's why we have the spring classics, Daniel. Well, honestly, I thought they were named because they were sponsored by a spring company. <laughs> it's so funny. Is Sydney still on fire? Oh, <laughs> funny that's what happens it. in your spring, isn't it? Well, actually, technically, that's meant to wait till summer, but we got a head start this year. Um, interesting side note, I will find a link for you just to mention, but um, NBC News in the US accidentally went to um, one of the, the automated fire monitoring websites in Australia and not realising that it actually tracks every single fire that has been, you know, so it might be a deliberate... Um, you know, partial burn of a heavily forested area, or it might be a house fire, or it might be whatever. Anyway, um, they use that to report, and so it, it did actually look like the whole of Australia was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor NBC. <laughs> so, Elisa Longo Borganich for Farrell Fado Brenda. Um, Binder is in the racy. It's a really, really long-standing um, women's race. It was the second race of the Road World Cup, which is just a fantastic, fantastic thing. And Elisa Longoborghini, she's young Italian talent, just 23. Last year, she came third in the World Championship, Road World Championships, and she's. I'd interviewed her about Binder the the week before, and she said, "Oh yeah, but I've had some off-season injuries. I'll be happy just to finish. Yeah, really, I'm going for a top 10. <laughs> well, to be and fair, they, she did achieve that goal. She did achieve that goal. Um, they basically ride this long loop, which has a hill in it, and then they ride um, short laps of a of a really really vicious course that has this steep hill steep descent and um elisa escaped on lap two she'd punctured earlier on in the race and had to race back and it's like oh no and this is one of those races you get to watch live because it's shown on rye um rye sport two and the pirates stream it and it's brilliant so you're watching the whole race like from the start in terrible weather and there was elisa she punctured on lap two and she'd um sorry she punctured she'd got back she escaped on lap two she was out there with amanda spratt spratty Mm, who i have issue with really you remember the coffee oh yes Mm, yeah she can't help it she's australian we make we make the best coffee in the world. That's not even a joke. You see, I have this thing about... Because Australians always say, oh, no coffee anywhere in the world is as good as Australia. And I just really wonder, are you actually drinking coffee or are you drinking, I don't know, um, something made of ground acorns or um, chicory? No, no, no. No, we, like, no, the coffee beans come from exploited third world countries, just like they do anywhere else in the world. Um. <laughs> They're not like eaten by koala bears. We make make the best coffee, though. We do. But what what is it about Australian coffee? I want to ask Karine Mazzocchi, who moved from Italy to Australia, about what, and and her Italian husband, what they think of Australian coffee. That is going to be the answer. Dear Karine, is Australian coffee the best in the world? That's that's ask an Italian, of course. Yes, you'll get a fair answer. well, Well, you know, you are saying she's from America. So, you know. 
that's bad. Oh coffee. right, yeah. So so she's definitely a judge of good coffee then. You know, <laughs> Being from the US of A, yeah, no, you've but got I, me there. Got all, me there. All Australians think Australian coffee is the best in the world, and I don't know what you do to it. I think you do. I think it's just that that's what you're used to. No, no, we genuinely like your just, beer. We just like, make, like, no. like the way that you. No, 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 no. There's plenty of better beer. There's, beer. there's plenty of better beer in the world End than Australian beer. But our coffee, Alfredo mm. Binder, the Trofeo Alfredo Binder, Elisa. I thought. When she was out there so early in that early break, where I didn't think that she could win. Well, you do tend to have a habit of thinking people in breakaways can't win, which, to be fair, is statistically supported by the fact that people in breakaways most of the time don't win. So, oh, it's it's just it's no, no, that's not true. It's it's not that it's not about being in breakaways. It's about being in a breakaway that early on in you know that early on in the race with the likes of. You know, Mariana Voss, Specialised Lululemon, all of those, you know, all of the big teams. Um, Orica, well, Orica weren't really chasing because Spratty was in the breakaway, except for when um, Emma Johansson did. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there are so many good riders chasing that I thought, yeah, I love Elisa, but she's going to get caught and then she'll make another attack attempt. But well, she wasn't. And she was. You know, she made another attack attempt. It was just before she was caught. So, you know. She wasn't caught. I know. That's what I'm saying. It was before she was caught. Oh, yeah. she crossed. She crossed the. She crossed. Was it the into the final lap with Spratty, and then and then just escaped and yep. won. And she was so so happy. You could see tears going down her face. She's. This is her home race. She lives just the other side of the lake of Lake Como. Lake Como, maybe. I don't know. Um, and her family and friends were there. And it's her first World Cup win, and it's on Italian soil. And oh. God, it was such a beautiful moment. Oh, I was so, so happy for her. So, 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 so happy. So cool. happy. So cool. happy. So happy. Were you, were you happy about it? or? I was. Because I kind of get the impression you had mixed feelings. I want to go to Binder one day. That will be brilliant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, right. So we're at, we're, at the, we're at the point of the podcast where Sarah starts listing where she'd like our team nudge, nudge, wink, wink, hint, hint <laughs> to invite to her two, to attend Binder. <laughs> I went to two races last year. I went to Flesh with High Tech and I went to um, the Omloop Noiseblad with the Breast Cancer Care cycling team. Mm. And I love races. If you ever, ever, ever have a women's race near you, ever, 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 even if it's like, even if you kind of think, oh, I don't want to go, like Dan did last year when they were racing in Sydney, um, I think you should go and what? enjoy yourself. That's completely untrue. That is completely. I was hungover. You had one near I was hungover, and it wasn't near me. It was about an hour and a half away. I thought in. I thought yeah, in no, Sydney, basically in that Australian is, terms, like that's like that's like going yeah. down the road. Yeah, no, it, it is. <laughs> so, My supermarket's um, further away. So, your turn. What race did you like? Um. Well, look for me. I think my. I don't know, this is kind of an easy slash obvious one just because it's, you know, the biggest stage race of the year, but I did really enjoy the Giro. Uh, um, Giro Rosa. Yeah, Rosa this year, you're right. Um, not not even any one day in particular, but what I liked is that there was a lot more... Um, I, I guess, you know, coming into it and looking at the parkour and all that sort of thing, it was... It was looking like it could be a pretty um, competitive and open race. And it sort of was and it sort of wasn't. And But it was really, really interesting because of that. 
So, yeah, for me, um, I just particularly remember in the, the weeks leading up to it, and we'd sort of been keeping an eye on everyone's form, and I remember in our, our preview the week before, you know, we sort of ran through who the, the top contenders were, and, um, and you know, we'd both been a little bit caught out because we'd not realised, for example, that Emma Johansson wasn't actually racing um, that, <laughs> that race. Yes. Even though it had actually never been on her calendar, we'd both just sort of assumed. And given how yeah. well she'd been going, it was just like, of course she's going to ride. Like, why? Should she be crazy not to? She's probably going to win it too. Um, so it was really interesting. And it was an interesting year because Mariana Voss was splitting quite a bit of her time at that part of the season with mountain bike. Um, mm. and, and it wasn't a course that Voss was ever going to win on. Yeah, like, like you know, if... if even if she had been, you know, more heavily slanted towards the road, she would have had to basically pull off something pretty astounding if she was going to win on that course. Um, so, because Ma- Mariana Voss had won the two previous... So the Giro Donna is the only women's stage race that's allowed to be over over a week long. No, there's the Route de France is next year as well, but the UCI sets limits on, you know, women's races aren't allowed to be more than a week long, yep. except for it used to be the Grand Blue Co- the Grand Boucle, the Tour de Lode, and the Giro Donna. And that was, the Tour de Lode was a Pyrenean race. Oh, it was so good. The Grand Boucle was like a, a sort of an equiv- women's equivalent of the Tour de France. And the Giro Rosa, obviously, the women's equivalent of the Giro d'Italia. Mm. And we've lost the Grand Boucle, and we lost the Tour de Lode. But, and we nearly, nearly, nearly lost the Giro, the Giro this year. Yeah, yeah. It's normally ten, it's normally ten days, but... What has happened is in the previous couple of years, the organisers had just been fucked over. Like they had, I think in the 2011 race, one of their sponsors refused, you know, just didn't pay. Yeah, just refused didn't pay to pay. Yeah, did, yeah. Just didn't give them the money and they couldn't get the money in. And then in 2012, they were like, spent as much time running around trying to pay the debts of 2011 as to put on 2012. And so they just, the sponsor, the organisers just said, look, we love this race we can't do it anymore but mm. the race is owned by the italian cycling commission uh, federation and they said well we want this to happen but you know it will appoint an organizer it's like oh god oh god oh god you know is, is it going to happen and it did happen it was only eight days this year but and it was it was one of those courses where it, it had the reason voss won voss is not a climb mountain goat that's you know the things that voss can't do are uh, long time trials and and big climbs and when I say can't I mean you know she doesn't win you know she doesn't win and blast them like she does yeah. other things yeah. but <clears throat> but in the previous couple of years what had helped Voss in, win the race was the descents so while she'd lose time on the climbs they had you know those amazing oh god that beautiful in 2011 pyramid shaped parkour <laughs> where Emma Pooley and Evelyn Stevens had escaped up the climb early and, and they got to the top of the climb about, I don't know, like 50 seconds ahead of her. She not only caught them up on the descent, but was about a minute and a half ahead at the bottom yeah, of the descent. Yeah, um, And by the, by the time they got to the bottom of the descent, she was about four hours ahead. It was just insane. It was, it was yeah. so gorgeous racing because mm. that's what you know and she's Voss and and she was she benefited she she's not one for those long slog of a climbs because she needs those little sections you know it goes up yeah and then there's a flat bit or it goes up and it there's a little dip and then it goes mm. up again mm. yeah no, she's she's great at sort of powering those sort of rampy climbs where yeah it's like a a, a bit of a punch 
and power climb and then that yeah. moment of, of respite and then go again. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and also, and so, and also socially, and also she's very, 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 very. I mean, for such a lovely, sweet person, and she is a genuinely lovely, sweet person. You don't hear people saying a bad word about Mariana Voss, which is extraordinary given, you know, given given cycling in general. Mm. Well, and how dominant, you know, she has been for for several years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But she's a really lovely, sweet person, except when she's on the bike, when she's a vicious mind game player who can basically. <laughs> So basically, someone like um, Emma Pooley, that was one of my favourite interviews um, in the off-season last year, where Pooley, where the interviewer said to her, a Dutch interviewer said to her, well, you know, what do you think about the way Mariana Voss plays mind games on you? And Pooley went, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she does it. She said she does it. She she does it on purpose to get you. Yeah, to get you you thinking... Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so you know. Yeah. So, so it, it's just it's just spectacular. Anyway, this year's Giro, eight stages. It started off with um, two sprinting stages, um, then a kind of then two classicy stages, then stage five and six were the really big, you know, the really really big climbs, um, and they basically the, they just went up. They just you know you got to the climb and then you just climbed up an Italian mountain all day. Mm. And that was the two, that was pretty much stage. Um, stage six wasn't quite as brutal as that, but it was the same sort of thing. Then there was the ITT. Then there was the final sprint stage. Yep. Yes, there was. And it <sighs> turns out, turns out that, um, you know, the the one that we'd sort of picked as a in in our preview as as kind of a not an outlier but an unknown was a previous winner of the race but who had been away for a little while uh in in US cyclist Mara Abbott and um and it turned out that she even though she'd raced most of the year in on on the US scene and we hadn't seen a lot of her in terms of form and you know it, there was just a really big question mark you know how she's going to go in the European peloton again you know, has the U.S. racing been tough enough, and all of that sort of thing? And, well, well, that wasn't the biggest question, was it? Well, you know, there was the biggest, also the the, the, the the factor of her coming back um, from. I, I mean, what do you call it? It, it? I mean, it wasn't obviously retirement, but like I don't know, a hiatus, a, a break. Like, what's? Well, the... she had Mara had won in. Let me work this out. Was... Mara had won in two thousand and ten. I thought it was two thousand nine. Oh goodness! Uh, well, we'll say ten because you, you're smarter than me. So, hang on, let me think. No, that's taking too long. Let's just say two thousand and ten. Okay, Mara had won in two thousand and ten, <laughs> and she, when she came back to defend the next, the following year, she looked well. She's always been incredibly skinny and unhealthy looking, and. She came back and she was really, really, obviously very, very sick. She rode the Giro that year really badly, not, you know, because she was basically having a massive eating disorder. And she retired from cycling because she was having a massive eating disorder, nervous breakdown, you know, mental health issues, and left cycling because, you know, and there were some slightly worrying stories about, you know, she crashed in Colorado and was found wandering around by the side of the road not knowing how she got there and things and it was very very scary and 
it's one of those things where it's one of those darker sides of cycling of, of men's cycling too you know mm, when you mm. when people were showing when people were showing chris Froome, for example winning the tour de france and saying oh look look he's he's you know the thing is the thing that was worrying me wasn't oh he's on drugs but oh my god is that man healthy because mm, mm. there's this that we you know the whole kind of fetishization of power to weight ratio you know, where if you just get your weight down, you can... Yeah, you can well, the, the quickest the quickest gain after you've maxed, maximised your power, you know, like adding, like, your, your natural baseline of power, adding to that is actually quite difficult. Um, yeah. It's much easier to strip weight than yeah. it is to, to significantly increase power. And, but, there's yeah. this, but, there's this, but there's almost this myth in cycling, in, in cycling as a whole, that... That, ha- that that you can just keep losing weight mm, mm. and it doesn't affect yeah, you. And Mara it, Abbott, yeah. Mara Abbott demonstrated that you can't. You know, basically that's and and it's and it's and it's very very interesting. One of the things about the off season last year was um, Mariana Voss um, released her book Op the Troon, and in that she talked about how she basically had got into anorexia um, in. 2000 and you know in 2012 because she'd not 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 as a deliberate thing but she'd up she kept upping her training because she really yeah, wanted to win the olympics and she really so wanted to win the world olympics, yeah, yeah and and she just wasn't upping her she wasn't eating enough mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know and Voss I mean so lucky Voss you know in 2012 there was that moment where Voss stuttered you know where she when she lost um, the flesh were on because she just didn't have the power on that last climb and Eddie Stevens rode a cracking race and shot past her to win yeah yeah and then when she had the when she couldn't contest the Ronde van Vlaanderen because she was sick and I think you know so for but Voss you know luckily for Voss Voss has lots of people who are looking after her and you know and it's, it's and it's something that just isn't you know Marta Bastianelli the um junior the the, 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 the Italian former world champ who when she was caught for a do- her doping ban, she kind of claimed it was for oh it was for diet supplements, and the Italian Fed were going no 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 she was just taking these diet supplements she only lives on lettuce she's just always trying to lose weight <laughs> as if it was an okay thing yeah yeah and and so there's there's something well so and, there's I mean something... just just sort of related to that I mean even even in the the sort of amateur levels um, you know Colin Hart's uh, you know blogs um, for Total Women's Cycling about. You know where they, her, she and her friends have coined the term psychorexic. You know um, that compulsion exactly to to focus on on losing weight, where it it goes well beyond you know healthy and sustainable lifestyle. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and 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 it's not spoken about. Well, no, it is. I mean, do you remember Marine's blog about? eating in the peloton yeah, yeah. um a, a couple of years ago and she was saying you know there was this one rider who everyone knew that you could see her teammates pushing her along you know literally pushing her along and you just wanted to yell at them give her a fucking energy bar don't don't you know don't enable her mm-hmm. yeah and, and and it's a really disturbing thing and i i don't know if you ever read the oh one of my in, most interesting and you know, so for Mara Abbott to come back was a really, really good thing. And I think actually maybe this is one of those situations where at least with women, we have a narrative of eating disorders. Yeah, you know, we, exactly. we know, at least we know that they're there. At least there's an acknowledgement of it as a as a thing and as something yeah. but then also as something that can be addressed and then paid yeah. attention to. And, and I, I think, you know, full credit to, to Mara too in that I mean, obviously, she's moving past that point in her life and she's not wanting to dwell on that past, but she's also not hiding it. Um, you know, she acknowledges it and, and will 
will speak about it when asked, um, you know, and, and talk about what was going on for her specifically in her situation. And I think, you know, that's another point to acknowledge is that, you know, like a lot of things, no two situations are necessarily going to be the same. It's not like we can yeah. just go, oh, everyone must eat, you know, 200 grams of pasta and you raw from the UCI or, or whatever the fuck. Like, you, you can't do that. Um, but as you say, adding these stories and actually allowing them to be part of the, the broader narrative of the sport's really important. Yeah. And speaking of, did you see who's been signed by Orica AIS this, for next year? Oh, come on. I thought we were saving transfer news for... Uh, just tell us. Come on. Just, just say it. Grace Salzberger. Yes. Yes. Um, um, Grace... Grace, I mean Grace. Grace Salzberger. She's a, and this is where this is this is part of a serious point actually, because Grace Salzberger had this amazing interview, amazing interview in in I guess the Sydney Morning Herald, the Age, I don't know, some Australian paper, and she was she had been she's part of the Salzberger family who are really good, um, really amazing cyclists. Yep. Her brother Wes is a professional yep. racer. I think maybe one of her other brothers is, and she had this article about how basically cycling made her bulimic. Yeah. Because she, you well, know, she, she kind of... St- she kind of really hit the dark side of it because she had a coach tell her that um, that she really needed to lose some weight um, yeah. if she wanted to be good, and that just sent her into a spiral. And it, it's actually... Yeah. It's also a really important part that, um, that we haven't touched on yet, but, it, you know, obviously, particularly when we're dealing with young men and women, you know, like early early stage pros, riders making that transition... We, it's so easy to forget because we, we focus so much on the performances and, and get excited and hyped about the athletic side of it, how young these people are. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we're literally talking 18, 19, 20 years old sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, Elisa, and I'm not mentioning her in con- direct connection to, to any kind of eating thing, but I'm saying, you know, she's been around for a few years and she's still only 23, you know, so yeah. my point being that even with several years' experience, she's still quite young. But, you know, you go back a few years before that, and it's really easy to see when, when kids are in that first flush of, of real adulthood and maybe the first time living away from home or or any of those sorts of additional things. It, it It's, you know, really, really important for, for everyone to understand how vulnerable they can be to to but what not, seems like you know harmless coaching advice or criticism. But not or even, but not even as kids. I mean, you hear that about about adult women. You know, the, the, about about adult women, mm. really intelligent, really intelligent women, who are being told by their DSs basically, you're too fat, you're too fat, you're too yeah, fat. Yeah. And and like and it's it's just and and this is what I don't. And at least at least we have a narrative for it amongst amongst women. And and it's mm. not to mm. say that um, this is the thing about men. You know, the men. What do you even, they don't even have, you know, it, it's really, you know, men, eating disorders in men are, are so rarely spoken about in oh, the wider well, culture. Sarah, everyone knows men don't get those. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Speaking, um, speaking long, of long, eating long, disorders, long, long after I finish this beer, I've only got six beers left, so we need to hurry up. <laughs> that's a drinking, that's an alcoholic disorder, Daniel. Not yet, anyway, but in six anyway, beers anyway. time, anyway. Anyway, Mara Abbott came back from retirement and won the Giro in typical Mara Abbott style of getting to the bottom of the climb, riding up the climb. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she really, like, you know, I, I can't think of a, a more accurate way to say it, basically smashed the shit out of the race. 
<laughs> yes, yes, yeah. but it had been such. But that wasn't my highlight of the race. I've got a list of Giro highlights. Oh well, have well, you? No, I don't. So please. I know, I know what what one of you. So my first highlight was Kirsten Veeld winning stage one, and it was so 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 good. Veeld is the queen of Dutch sprinting. Yeah, she's just I didn't expect just, her to win an uphill finish like that. It wasn't an uphill finish. <laughs> Um, it, she had broken so her collarbone. She'd broken her collarbone in the Omloop van Borselet in May. Yeah. And she, her first race back, she'd ridden one race before the Giro Rosa, which was the Dutch National Championship. Mm-hmm. So Veeld winning stage one was so good. Then in stage two, Georgia Bronzini won. And she was the first Italian to win a stage in the Giro Rosa for something like 17 years. I know it was a crazy number. Like I remember when when you mentioned that, I was like, "Really? It's been that long?" That was yeah. yeah it was since the nineties, like yeah. like ninety anyway. So, but stage two, I think stage two was one of your highlights of the race. Oh yeah, I guess because stage two. I'll set the scene, and then Daniel can tell you what uh-huh. happened. Because in stage two, bunch sprint. Um, there have been all sorts of attacks and chasers and catchers in the race, as there always are. But in stage two, there was Georgia Bronzini and Mariana Voss racing neck and neck. Voss in perfect Voss, you know, chin right over the front wheel, uh, sprinting, head down sprinting. And then what happened? Yeah, and, and I mean, like, as in full on, like, totally body, dangerously committed to sprinting. And Top, then coming in, coming in a couple of meters, yeah, couple of meters away from the finish line. Yeah. The, the kind of sprint that, like, if the wind gusts suddenly, you just go over and die. That's like that's just what happens with um, an entire peloton, yeah, like just on your back wheel, exactly, thundering. who will just ride straight over you. And it was in these conditions that Mariana Voss um, had the weird. This is the bit that's hard to explain. Like, part of my brain is convinced that she did it on purpose as a publicity stunt because. You know, it was a circuit finish, so she'd been past this point like three, maybe four times before. She said, she's, and she said afterwards that she, it was all completely her own fault. And <laughs> yes, she'd, clocked, yeah. she'd clocked the finish and knew yeah. exactly what was going on in the finish. And yeah. still... And still, she hit a drain. <laughs> a grate in the road. And at this point, it's tradition. And, you know, cycling is a sport that's big on tradition for you to just go arse over and um, and hit the ground and die. That's what you do. And, 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 and a massive great big pile-up where bikes yeah. end up... And then everyone, to everyone just lands on top of you and, and you lose half your skin and, and then you, and you throw your bike, which is broken into two pieces and bent in half, over your shoulder and then limp over the finish so that you can ride no, again tomorrow. No, no, tomorrow. no, I think, I think at that point... With the entire peloton on your back, you're carried off in a stretcher. No, 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 but they make sure they carry you over the line so you can start again the next day. <laughs> um, and a whole load of other riders basically end up with broken collarbones and out of the race because exactly, you fucked up. Exactly. Um, but because she's, you know, a really stubborn, psychotic, um, evil, you know, uh, brilliant, cycling, amazing, fantastic. cycling demoness. Best bike handling skills <laughs> she, in the world. She chose not to go the traditional route and, it's, <laughs> and instead held it up in, in I, like the most, like, like when you watch the video and, and we'll, we'll link it again and please watch the video, you will see the exact moment at which you're just like, ah, she's fucked. It's impossible to recover. She fucking recovered. 
It's when they test, there's some photos that yeah. there are, there are, there are a load of photos where they've caught because you know the bank of cameramen are there, cameramen mm-hmm. or women are there going click 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 click. The exact moment where, where she hits this drain, yeah. the back of her bike swings out at a forty five degree angle. Yeah. she's swinging her body over it, pulls it back. It is sprints for the line and comes seconds. It, it's just. I can't think of any more uh, um, like this isn't hyperbole or <laughs> or overstatement. She defied the laws of physics on this day. Mariana Voss gave us our first hint, which leads into actually my favourite drawing of the season, um, that she has access to the time-space continuum, much like a TARDIS, uh, where she can just tear holes in it and, and make things happen that should not be able to happen. Uh, this was our first hint that she had that kind of power. And, uh, and the drawing to which I refer was made by our dear friend, uh, Sword Panda, uh, demonstrating Mariana tearing a hole in the time-space continuum and flying past the TARDIS. Mm. Yes. Because I, that's I just, science. She was just... I mean, Voss has... I mean, Voss has got the most incredible bike handling skills because, you know, she's been riding since she was five years old, racing since she was five, you know, racing mm. since she was allowed to. Um, she rides track and cyclocross. So, you know, it was just extraordinary. But, but even knowing all of that and even having seen, you know, and, and I mean, you know, to compare, like when you're talking men's racing, people still talk about, you know, Christian Vandervelde bunny hopping over... Um, Oh, yeah. You, you know, and stuff like that, which is very impressive. I, you know, like I'm not taking anything away from those things because that's great presence of mind, great skill, great in the moment awareness. I have never, I've watched all the Danny McCaskill videos. I, you know, watched a really cool video today, uh, earlier this week of a dude doing a backflip over a canyon. I've seen some pretty impressive bike shit in my time, is my point. I've never seen anything this amazing. It is literally the most impossible thing I've ever seen someone do on a bike. You watch it and you watch it and you watch it and you still go, I don't understand how she's not dead. <sighs> this is why we love Mariana Voss. Mm. Mm. This is why we love Mariana Voss. Then there was stage three. Yes, yes, it traditionally does, and as I say, cycling is big on tradition, so stage three traditionally follows stage two, and uh, they kept that format this year. And stage three was um, ending, was this amazing classic course that was basically hills, 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 and ending at Sarah El Volturno, which is this beautiful, beautiful little little village perched on top of this gorgeous Italian hill mm. um, with... Uh, with a, an amazingly steep cobbled climb up to it. Yeah, like a, a really sort of, uh, I don't know, like maybe, um, I don't know, to me it, it just felt like a real classicy kind of, you know, finish. Just a, um, you know, just a hard, punchy climb, cobbly roads, or that whole sort of thing, you know. Oh, it was gorgeous, wasn't mm, it? It mm. was just stunning. Yep. and. And yeah, and but it was such a good stage because I mean the other good thing about the Giro is that you get an hour of the each stage shown on Rye every day. Yep. And yeah, it was just oh so good. So, so good. So and good. a really exciting stage too, because well, you know, and, Sarah loves a good breakaway story. 
I do love a good breakaway story, and um, it start. There was, I mean, one of the things that was unfortunate, if you are in that mindset of being a sprinter type, was that pretty much every stage this day, this year started with a hill. Yeah. Yeah, basically. They didn't have any warm up. They basically just went bang into a hill. Um, yeah, hit you with a hill. Oh, one of my other favourite times was about the race. Was I was a bit confused because when I first looked at the profiles, <laughs> I was slightly confused about the profile for stage five <sighs> because instead of reading left to right like a normal profile, it read right to left. Yes. So I was really confused by all these stages that started with a super long descent and then had a really long flat bit. I don't think we ever worked out why they went backwards though, did we? Like... <laughs> no, they did, they did make them go forwards and I did get mocked to high heaven, deservedly so. Well, yes, my... exactly. <laughs> but, but, and also a whole lot of people but... going, I thought the same thing. <laughs> I did enjoy when you were like, yeah, like they start with a 4,000 metre climb. What? Descent. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, descent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, holy shit. (laughs) No, no. Oh, yeah. But this, yeah. I love it. But that that did lead me to believe, you know, how cool would that be to start a stage, though? That would actually be really awesome. Yeah, but... Well, what happened in stage three was because they had a climb at the beginning, at the beginning of the stage, and then a really long descent. There was this amazing breakaway, which had I'm going to get this wrong, aren't I? Oh, Mariana Voss, man, no, it only had six. It had Mariana Voss and Lucinda Brand from Rabobank. It had lovely, 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 lovely crazy horse Valentina Scandalara <laughs> um, of M. Chiplini Giordana. It had Tiffany Cromwell of Oric IS. Yep, um, Lauren. I'm so sorry if I get this the wrong way around. It's either Lauren Hall or Lauren Stevens. I want to take, say Lauren Hall from Team USA. And one other rider. I'm sorry, you're one of my favourite riders it was Shara, too. And wasn't I'm, it? I'm pretty sure. No. No? No. No. Okay. No, 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 no. One other rider. Um, oh, it was Barbara Garishi. Oh, right. Okay. Yep, yep. I can't believe I can remember all of that off the top of my head. Anyway, they had they did this thing where they got up to the top. Where I mean, Valle Scandalara is hilarious. I really <laughs> one of my highlight riders of the year because Valle, she I, I asked her a couple of questions about the Giro. She said, "Yeah, she, but Valle's well, 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 well known for attacking like an absolute lunatic." And she's like, "Yeah, but I just wish I was attacking in the right places and attacking, you know, attacking to get the to get the win." <laughs> <laughs> But she really yeah. makes a race exciting and fun, and um, yeah. I was so happy when she got on the podium of Turingen Rundfahrt and then won a stage of Turingen Rundfahrt. Valet, she's signed for Orica next year. She's super, super funny. You have to follow her Twitter, Valet Scandalara, just because she's lovely. But so they got away on this break, and it was one of those things where Lucinda Brand, all the way through the Giro, was the domestique to have. She's just such a good rider, and in the worlds as well. I mean, Mariana Voss, so lucky to have Lucinda riding with her. Um, racing, 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 hills, 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 drop off, all the riders. No one can keep up with Voss, except for Tiffany Cromwell. Yeah, and boy, she was, you know, it, it was like her day. She was really, really riding well. And Tiff is Tiff is a really gutsy, do or die rider. And yeah. Well, I mean, Tiff remember was... she was our standout. Well, my standout of last year's race because you know she had her 104 trillion mile solo breakaway for the stage win. So she was over 100. See, I think the her hyperbole does it an injustice because she was actually <laughs> yeah, no. out 
genuinely for over 100 kilometers it was 107 and, i believe uh, yeah, uh, yeah in the 200 yeah. in the 2012 um giro donna yep. and she actually and in one of the sprint stages they only had a couple of sprint stages in last year's race and the sprint teams really 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 wanted to win that stage and at one point she was 12 minutes ahead of the pack because yep. apparently the pack were looking at Voss's team Rabobank who are in, in in the in the in the pink jersey go oh you know you it's your job it's your job to chase yeah. and how they were going <laughs> <laughs> what are we chasing for we don't want to sprint and <laughs> yeah. specialized yeah. we're looking at i can't remember who who bronzini was riding for last year and they were all looking at each other and looking at each other and there was that moment where tiff got into the virtual Malia Rosa. Yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> and, and so finally, finally, Rabo started to pedal. <laughs> and, and everyone else decided to chase her. And yeah, yes, yeah. And, and, but I think Rabo only pedaled until they were back into the... Oh, exactly. They just protected their lead and then they went straight to the back and had oh, a cup of tea. But, Tiff, it was, but yeah. Tiff had ridden so, so well because it's yep. like the mental. It's not, it's, you know, it's not easy no. riding by yourself for 100 kilometers. <laughs> No, I've I've done that a few times, and um, and it's too much time alone. So yes, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, year. but she was she was up there with Mariana, you know, and they were just the thing I loved most about that particular stage was that you know it's kind of like that old school kind of idea of a, a sword fighting duel where you know it's like ask no quarter, no quarter given. Like, they just kept attacking each other and trying each other out and any hint of, you know, someone lagging or losing concentration and the other would put a dig in just to see if they could shake yeah. them loose. It was, you know, it was clear that they were going to fight the whole way to the finish um, and, and you know, no matter how it ended, it was just going to be awesome. Yes, but then... In, and, and Voss descending is an absolute. I mean, Voss, when you you know when you talk about the cycling descenders, Voss is up there with Cancellara and Nibali. Nibali is he really yep. good? I don't. Yeah, Cancellara yeah. and Nibali, and she's just she just makes it look easy. She doesn't no well. She doesn't make it look easy. She makes it look like she's going to yeah, hit no, the barrier at the side of the road and fall down the mountain. No, no, but she she and does she make doesn't. it. She does make it look. Um, yeah, I mean, effortless isn't the right word either. But but as in she's just so in tune not just with her bike but with her surroundings it's it's amazing to watch and you know to be fair to to tiff she knows that she's not as good a descender but you know she did the smart thing and always rode into position and followed voss's line and and stayed close enough that she could she she could keep that um, and and was Until... riding out of her skin to to stay in contention, and and it was shaping up to be an awesome battle. Until the cycling gods, who are a fickle bunch and somewhat jealous, intervened. They did, and within the last fifteen kilometres, it might even have been less. Yeah, I think it was down around the eleven twelve kilometre mark. Yeah, um, poor yeah. Tiffany overcooked a corner. Yeah, and yeah, cra- and just crashed. And she got back on it, you know, immediately she crashed, picked up her bike, got on it. But yep. by that time, Voss was gone. Yeah. And while you generally, you know, in that kind of scenario, you might wait for arrival at, you know, the, 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 the steep bending hills Voss was on. Voss couldn't, you know, yeah, there's, there's no there's, way. There's, she, no, she just, 
her momentum basically would have prevented her from being able to safely stop, even if even if she was intending to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so know. Voss Voss won the um, Voss won the stage with um, Claudia Hout with this amazing elite chase group that had. Um, uh, you know, the likes of Evelyn Stevens and Claudia Hauschler back from, mm. oh, Claudia, Claudia won the Giro in 2008 or 2009 and she had a really bad head injury a couple of years ago and she's been working on her mechanical engineering degree and so, so for Claudia to be back on top and, you know, coming in on the, on the final podium, I can't remember if she was second or third overall, but yeah, Claudia, it was just lovely, beautiful riding. Um, I also loved, of course I did, I loved the um, absolute dominance in the ITT of Ellen Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Ellen um, has had one of those sort of, I, I don't know, again, it's not a breakout season, but when Specialized, um, you know, suffered, you know, that they got hit with some pretty unfortunate injuries early on in the season that impacted, you know, Evie, Evie Stevens being out for um, most of spring, and um, and Ina being out for most of the season in the end, yeah. um, really meant that the team had to adjust on the fly and shift priorities. And it pushed Ellen to the fore, where she was no longer playing as much of a you know sort of super domestique role, but taking on more team leadership responsibilities and and opportunities on the road. And so she had some great results uh, this Ellen. year, but but crushing the the time trial was just yeah. Beautifully riding, beautifully. But mm. yeah, I mean, Ellen, Ellen just—I mean, Ellen was one of my was one of my highlights of the year. Watching her, um, she's the same age as Mariana Voss. They're both twenty-six, and she had come up through Dutch cycling, always, always competing against Mariana because you know they're in the same year group. And it's in any other year, Ellen would have been you know the best young cyclist of this year. Yeah, yeah, it's one and of those ones, isn't it? That, on the like, track. You can sort of imagine you can sort of imagine like thirteen, fourteen year old going home one day and just shouting at your parents in frustration and rage, Why couldn't you have had me a year earlier? Yes, yes. <laughs> and you know, and, and not just you know, and in her you know, throughout her twenties mm. being, you know, always you know, her early twenties being a superb rider, an excellent rider, definitely one to watch. But I was you know, and, and you know when she can, you know, on the track, there's that she's a brilliant, you know, she's an excellent trackie is Ellen, but you know, Mariana was just that little bit better, and you know, so so Mariana got to race the 2008, uh, sorry, 2000 and yes, 2008 Olympic Games and win the points race, you know, yep. in any other country that would have been Ellen, right? Mm, you know, mm. it's just it's it must it, it was so good to see her step step up and. And just animate races. Like I think Ellen in the hilly race. I would never have thought of Ellen as a rider who could be up there in the Trofeo Binder. Yeah, I, yeah. you know, she's such a power. But she, you know, she's learned to climb, and she. And I mm, think, mm. I think she took on. And she's learned how the to responsibility. manage exactly, and she's learned how to manage her efforts and and stuff really, really yeah. well. It's and it's, all those. Mm. All those races, like uh, the Ronde van Drenthe and, and Ronde van Vlaanderen. Do I mean Ronde van Vlaanderen? Yes, I do. Yep. Where in the final, each, which race was it? Was it Flanders where it was Voss, Elisa longo Borghini, Emma Johansson and Ellen? I in think the so, final four. Yeah. And, and, it's like, and it's like, well, Voss can get to, you know, and, and just watching Elisa and, and Ellen just attack and attack mm, and attack. Mm. And she did this again in, was it Pagoda, where she was 
where she'd been dropped and she came back and she'd meet attack again. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Not, she wasn't prepared to go, she wasn't prepared to sit on and go to, go to a sprint, yeah, which I yeah. guess is the, in inverted commas, clever thing to do. But holy shit, it's not cycling, is it? Well, it, it's interesting because, you know, I, I mean, that's part of what makes cycling so interesting is that um, there, there are the types of riders who by strength or ability or or mindset will prefer to roll the dice and take their chances as one in four of making a podium spot. Uh, you know, three out of four odds are good that, you know, 75% or, or whatever that you'll, that you'll land on the podium uh, and one in four that you might win. Um, and a lot of riders will be like, that's good enough, I'll roll the dice. But then there are other riders who are like, look, honestly, based on my my strengths compared to these these other riders i'm most likely to wind up fourth in that so i'm not gonna wait (laughs) or even or even going for well i could be safe for a second or third yep but if i and that's it it, it's tactics or temperament or both and it's really interesting watching riders you know like ellen who you know this isn't the way that her season would have been planned at the start of the year to to work yeah, yeah, out, yeah, 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 but yeah, it's been yeah, yeah. awesome watching her adjust on the fly, and and to actually like it's a really pointed reminder too that you know obviously you know it's sport we talk about the winners and and the top performers quite a lot, but it's it's really interesting to have thrown into to high contrast um, just how good the top domestiques are. You know, yeah. and that yeah. given their chances and the support of their team, they they are every bit as good and, and are right up there in the mix with the best riders. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, it's also why I, while I really, really, you know, well, my, my the, the, the women's cycling era that I came into had, you know, I loved the, the HTC Cervelo rivalry. Mm. You know, with HTC and Cervelo, Nicole Cook, Mariana Voss, you know what I mean? But yep. but those teams were too strong. They you were, know, they were honestly, um, it, it was a bit too much power concentrated in too few yeah. places, yeah. And that's, and that's, and so much as I loved them, and I really, really did love them, I, I'm happier with a world where, you know, so next year, Ellen Van Dyke's left Specialised Lulu Lemon and she's going to Bowles Dolmans. I know, which she, is going to be amazing. So they're going to have Megan Garnier. Garnier. I sorry, I she said her name on on the um, on the Dan Worry um, podcast. The the oh yes, um, uh, tour chats. Tour chats, and I can't remember how she said it. <laughs> All I knew is I was from Megan Garnier. Megan Megan, who's been racing with Mariana Voss as a you know as a super domestique, is going to be in the climbs. Ellen and Lizzie Armitstead. Oh, it's going to be such a good year next year. It's, it it's, feels like the talent is 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 we're back to a stage where there are a number of really good teams. Yeah, well, we I, need... I think that's what's super interesting is that it's it's really strategic shifts. It's not wholesale. You know, a whole bunch of riders have have become free and need to find a new home kind of thing. There's a lot yeah. more. There's a lot more specific. We want you because this this job here is what we want you to do kind yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah. going on. And it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting seeing how that, that works out. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yes, Ellen winning the time trial, the, the time trial and then the final stage, 
one of the cleverest sprinting things. Again, Lucinda Brand. I the last stage of the uh, the Giro was laps of a you know laps around laps around the town, and um, it had this chicane of of tight technical corners in the end. Yep. And that last lap, where where because there have been all sorts of attacks and the USA national team have been right on the front, refusing to let anything go because, you know, no chance whatsoever Mara Abbott could lose her, yeah, her, her yeah. lead. But there was this thing where they kind of came into the final chicane and, you know, the, 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 the trains, the sprint trains are setting up and we've got to be careful because it's a technical set of corners and we know Voss is very good at technical set of corners. And suddenly Lucinda Brand just dived off the, just broke the narrative Yep. You know, the narrative here is cut loads of sprint trains, sprint trains, sprint trains, get through the corners safely, bomb down the finishing straight, bunch sprints. Yep. Yep. And Lucinda Brand just dived through the corners and you could see them, oh my God, we're a bit fucked here because there's Mariana Voss being, you know, yep. who had been behind her. Here's, this is a team tactical plan. Voss is there. If we chase down Lucinda Brand, we're just leading Voss out <laughs> for her sprint. Exactly. If we don't chase down Lucinda Brand, she's going to win the stage. Yeah, it's it's basically the um, it's basically the prisoner's well, dilemma on on bikes, isn't it? It's, it's the like, Rabo, which which we should yeah. name the Rabo Bank. The Rabo yeah, the Rabo dilemma. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because this is what happens. <laughs> I mean, this was this was how Annemiek van Vleuten won the Ronde van Vlaanderen in 2010. Yeah. Because she'd because they did exact exactly the same thing. Antoshina attacked. Van Vleuten attacked out of the small group to chase her, caught Antoshina, and the group just had that tiny moment of fear, of paralysation, because they had Mariana Voss sitting there, <laughs> grinning. Yeah. Voss is more than happy for her... Voss is well known for being more than happy for her to let her teammate win. Yep, yep. And what do we do? And in that case, um, Van Vleuten won, and Voss won the bunch sprint for third. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, cycling! Yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh. So you know, I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest that after we finish talking about the Giro Rosa, we stop our year rundown of the year and end part one, and carry on with our other highlights next week. <gasps> you mean actually, that's a good point. I need more beer, so yeah, probably. Yes, probably, and yeah. I'm only halfway through my list. <laughs> And um, as as long time listeners of the podcast might know, we can carry we can keep this up for quite a while. So. We really can. I'd, I'd like to I, say we're better than that, but we we all know really the not. truth. Um, I just have I just have two more highlights from the Giro Rosa I wanted to mention. All right, let's let's hear them. Firstly. Um, Sean Velofocus. If you know Sean, you should be following Sean on Twitter and as uh, Velofocus and looking on his sites. He does really, really interesting race previews with lots of stats and facts and and makes his own profiles. Which in some cases, riders have been known to be using Sean's profiles rather than what's been given to them by the race. <laughs> I thought this stage started with a down. I'm using Sean's profile. <laughs> <laughs> Sean was at the Giro and he was posting daily sets of photos of the race and I loved it I was obviously jealous as all hell but really really happy for him and his photos with all the backstage action were really lovely I think the ones 
I liked his race photos, but I liked the ones capturing the moments yeah. around the race were even more. Oh, I and, think some of those were incredibly poignant, just seeing, you know, those, yeah, as you say, it's the behind the scenes and it's the, because they're the bits that you normally never get to see, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and my other highlight, well, apart from the TV, which was amazing, and the social media, which was amazing, oh, God, I love that race, was I'd been doing a series of rider questions and I asked a load of riders what they were thinking about the Giro beforehand. I did daily Q&As with Spratty mm. and um, Jesse McLean of Orica yep. and I had various riders tell me about what they, you know, answer some questions for me on Podium Cafe afterwards and I was just, just, I'm not saying this to show off, I'm saying this to be blown away at how amazing riders coming into one of the biggest races in the year and during one of the biggest races of the year took time out to answer questions from a random fangirl yeah and uh but but to be fair the amount of work that you put into that does deserve credit it was a real it really added to um the whole experience of the race because you know again even with the the daily highlights you know women's racing is not as readily accessible as men's racing and so any information that you can get any any little extra story or whatever really adds a lot to the experience so thank you for that also i have to hate you for that because it was that whole series that highlighted my issue with spratty so you know dan dan is upset with spratty because she prefers instant coffee in the morning like you you can't like that's citizenship revoked no, to be fair, no. instant coffee is probably giving her the taste of Australian coffee. What? Ew, what insane... No, you can't... You've never even been here. You can't say that. No, no, no. No, you the don't even drink coffee. Single, the fact I do... The fact you do not. Single, you drink decaf. That's not coffee. <laughs> the fact that every Australian goes on and on about how coffee's much better in there in in, in in Australia leads me to believe that you're drinking something else that's not quite coffee. Noffee. No. You're drinking noffee. No, no. Our coffee just really is that good. Why do you think all the English and Americans and New Zealanders move here? And Italians now, as it turns out. So, dear listener, if you have been to Australia and are not actually Australian and biased, tell me what is it about Australian coffee? I don't understand. You can reach us, as always, at our site, prowomenscycling.com, where we love and relish your comments. You can talk to us on our email, prowomenscycling at gmail.com, or you could talk to us on Twitter, where Dan is Dan W. Official, Dan W. Official, and I am the snappy and easy to remember underscore pigeons underscore <laughs> that's that's spelled out underscore it's the worst it's the worst possible <laughs> handle for for 140 character limits <laughs> ever oh um hey, hey go, oh okay before we go yes i just want to well i wanted to ask you do you have anything very quick you want to add for your highlights that won't wait for next year no 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 week? next week yeah no no I'm, I'm keeping it for next week now that's what we said we'd do so I'm not giving anything else away, except it's going to be fucking awesome. <laughs> Frank Schleck in a canal. <laughs> that is what I was going to end with, yes. <laughs> um, I would just like to make a plug. If you are anywhere near the beautiful country of Great Britain, of Wales even, in the end of November, beginning of December, please, 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 meet up with me and have a beer with me at the Newport International Paracycling Cup. 
This is in Newport. Um, if you've ever been to Newport and you're going, oh God, Newport, it's very, very close to Bristol and Cardiff by train, so you don't have to stay there. Um, from the 29th of November to the 1st of December, there's the... Um, not the 31st of November, as I keep telling people, that doesn't exist. There's the Newport International Paracycling Cup. It's the only international track paracycling event of 2013. There's no international track, cycling para, para, track paracycling events on the UCI calendar yet for 2014. It's going to be superb track riding, really great, exciting riding. The morning sessions are free. The evening sessions are only £5 per adult and £2.50 per child. It's going to be fantastic. Please, please bargain, come. Bargain. Bargain. Plus, you'll be out of the rain, which in Great Britain is all they have. So, you know, perfect. And they Daniel, serve I'd beer. Rather, Daniel, I'd rather be in the rain than on the fire. Drinking your bad coffee. You can't say that you haven't even you've never even had actual coffee. You, you, you actually you don't even have no credibility. You have less than that. You have less than no credibility in the coffee conversation, Sarah. You're British. No one listens to British people about coffee and you don't even try to drink British coffee. So, you know, Britain being the country where, you know, a good friend of mine once asked for an iced coffee and literally got a mug of coffee with a block of ice in it. You don't you don't do coffee. That, that was the Museum of Natural History in friends. London. So, you know, I don't think you have any, not even moral high ground, you don't even have a moral low ground, a moral pitcher's ground, and, and a moral anthill to be standing on in the coffee conversation. You, you're you're a, a moral crevasse when it comes to the coffee conversation, Connolly. And on that cheerful note, thank you for listening, and let's all go to sleep dreaming of Frank's like in the <laughs>